This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen, amen. We, we encountered Jesus today, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good to see you today. I'm glad that you're part of us. If you're new to Relevant Life Church, I'm Pastor Kevin, and I get the privilege of pastoring this congregation. But we would love for you to, con- we would love to be able to get better connected with you. There is a connection card online as well as a connection card in the back of your, your chair that we would love for you to fill out so that we can make connection with you. Uh, if you want to just leave it there on your chair, an usher will get it. Otherwise, you can drop it in the green box. Um, if you're the techno-savvy guy you can or girl, you can do it all online. And we would really appreciate that so we can get better acquainted with you. Uh, today, as we uh, step into, as, as we can see, there's a lot of things happening around our world today, right? Uh, anybody aware of what's going on in Israel today? Um, what I love about the Assemblies of God is we have a ministry called Convoy of Hope. If you're not familiar with Convoy of Hope, Convoy of Hope is a, is a ministry that goes out to help and aid those who are in need. And right now, currently, uh, as soon as bombing began to attack Israel, Convoy of Hope showed up. They are a people that come and bring water and food and blankets and shelter. And at this moment, they are in Israel. They are helping out. And we want to give an opportunity for you you once again to to help them, to fund them, to uh, extend hands of love and blessing to Israel as we so often do. And the, the, the if you want to go up to that, I think it's, is there a slide for it? There should be a slide for it. Maybe, I don't know. Um, you can go on to our giving page, go, go into church center, uh, to our, our church app, there we go, and you'll be able to find it there as well. Um, sorry, I just lost all my... There we go. Um, so Convoy of Hope, there, I, I don't know if it's... They may not be able to find it back there, but there it is. It, it's there. So go on and, and give towards that. Convoy of Hope, you can text to give. Is it what, Convoy? Is that what it is? Hope. Convoy uh, 84321, con- or Hope, excuse me, I'm going to mess it all up because I got Convoy stuck in my head. We're, in the, we're, we're at, at, at the final preaching points of Above and Beyond, our, our challenge to you, and before I give you where we're at and before I introduce our communicator today, I want to play this video once again for you. Of, of, uh, we have two venues of what we're going for. One is the outside for Chi Alpha, and the other one is internal, which is our generations for, our, for relevant. Life Church, and this will communicate it a little bit better. Let's watch it. First Chronicles 29 reads, King David announced to the whole assembly that the work to be done is tremendous. God's house is not a palace for people, but a temple for the Lord God. I myself have made every effort to prepare materials for the temple over and above All this I have also given my own personal property because of my love for God's house. Now who else is willing to give a generous offering to the Lord? Then the people gave willingly and they were happy that so much had been given. Later on, David continues to speak after the people gave alongside of him. Lord, may you be praised forever and ever. Everything in heaven and earth is yours and you are king, supreme ruler over all. All riches and wealth come from you, and we give you thanks, yet my people and I cannot really give you anything because everything 
is a gift from you. And we have only given back what is yours already. Oh God, we have brought together all this wealth to build a temple to honor your holy name. But it all came from you and all belongs to you. Hey RLC, over the past few years, we have felt led to end our year as a church focused on living a life of above and beyond giving. We believe this is a way of life that the Bible truly calls people to. And this year at RLC, we are embarking on that journey once again. Now, of course, this kind of giving can be expressed through our time, prayers, and service, but it can't be overlooked at how explicitly clear the Bible is when it comes to giving above and beyond with our finances. As we just heard from David in a powerful moment recorded in Chronicles, all that we have is God's. It is a gift from Him alone. This realization encapsulates the heart of what above and beyond means. Above and beyond giving is giving out of a place that recognizes we have been given so much from an above and beyond giving God. So as we come to the end of 2023, the heart of this opportunity is something our church gets to live out through an above and beyond offering. As we have learned so far in this series, our main focus for this year's offering is outward. It will be going toward impacting the future of this state and nation through the ministry of Chi Alpha. However, the other part of this offering is focused on God's house and furthering his mission for RLC in this city. We are passionate about what God has called this community to do and be, and there are several things we would like to do to move our ministry efforts forward. That is why part of the above and beyond offering this year will go toward technology upgrades, facility improvements, and ministry updates at RLC so we can continue to connect with God, relate to people, and reach our world. We believe that God has more for this church, and we would love for you to commit to being a part of it through this year's Above and Beyond campaign. I love it. I love it. I love being part of the body of Christ. Amen? Are you out there today? How many love being a Christian? How many love, how many love being part of Jesus? And I love that. Uh, today, are you ready for the, where we're at right now? Are, are you excited? Come on, let's show, this, let's show the next slide up there. There's Convoy of Hope. They celebrate there. Uh, but we're at this point, we're currently at $33,358. Come on, let's give a round of applause. Yeah. We should be a little bit excited about this. Come on. Yeah, this is good. This is good. Uh, 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 our goal is $35,000. What I would love to say is this. I want to exceed this amount. And the reason I know that I want to, but I also know we can, uh, because as the pastor, as a shepherd of Relevant Life Church, I want to challenge you with something. We have a small percentage of those that are involved for this amount. Can I ask you today, I would love for 100% involvement. That's not equal giving, that's equal sacrifice. And everybody, can, can everyone give up a cup of, cup of coffee this week, uh, maybe for a month, whatever it might be, to say, no, we want to make, we want to impact the future of, the, of Chi Alpha. We want to impact the future of, of Oregon with, with students, so these, this million, million students uh, that we're trying to raise money for, as well as impact the next generation here at Relevant Life Church. Please participate, would you? It's not too late to, not too late to sign up, not too late to give, not too late to do any of that stuff. We're going to still be receiving monies all the way through December 17th, is that correct? And uh, we, we would love for you to participate. We don't want you to be robbed of an opportunity. So we just want to keep presenting it out there to you. Today, I don't know how, how, how you, if you realized how blessed we are at Relevant Life Church. Uh, we have retired pastors in our, in our, in our 
body that come and serve and give uh, in many areas. And today, uh, I get the privilege of introducing a man who's retired uh, practically in our culture from like working every single day, but he, how many know that your calling never is retired? The call of God on your life is never retired. And Larry, you have been a burst of energy in my life of faith. Both you and Jan have, have, have been present in our lives, not only in my life and Rhonda's life personally, but also for Relevant Life Church. And I love his voice to, his, to God's people. I love sharing the pulpit with, with, with uh, Larry to be able to give him an opportunity for you to hear his voice as well as to be able to give his take on God's Word. Today, he's going to come, and he's going to finish up the series Above and Beyond, and uh, would you give a shout of hoorah to him today? Would you do that? Go, Larry! I I already heard it. Go, Larry. Get out. That's what it was. No, it's good to be with you, and thanks again, Pastor Kevin, and what you say is kind and... and, uh, I appreciate it. It's just an honor to share God's Word with anyone, but especially with uh, the group that we love so much. Good to see you in person. Good to see you online. I was in the, visiting the hospital the other day and bumped into someone who said, oh yeah, we've seen you on, on, online. So, wow, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing thing. I'm world famous. <laughs> it's wonderful to be famous like that, I guess. Maybe, unless responsibility comes with it, and it's not so good. Today is the final message of Above and Beyond. That emphasis, although I'm sure, don't think you're done, as Pastor said. You're going to get reports, and you're going to get reports, and I really want to bust through the $35,000 line and goal. Anyway, it's not a barrier. It's it's something meant to be exceeded above and beyond, right? It's a, a wonderful thing. I'm looking forward to the victory celebrations and hearing the news. For those of you who don't know what Chi Alpha is, it's a college ministry. And the goal here is to give, is for the state, and not just our church, but throughout the state, to give a million dollars to reach a million college students. And uh, this is our future, to reach these people. And, and it's also our way of poking the devil in the eye, because if you've been paying any attention, universities and colleges are not a place where Jesus is necessarily uplifted. Right. This will be light in the darkness, and we, uh, I want to be a, a part of that. And I also want to be a part of improving our own technology and everything here at, at, at our campuses to reach Salem. Why? Because not everybody goes to college, and I want those who are, are used to high technology right in their own hand or in their own homes to come and feel comfortable here hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. So it's not just college kids we're concerned about. It's Salem. It's Oregon. We need to reach everyone, everywhere, where, where we can. Now, let me see. I've got to skip that paragraph because we've already talked about it. Yeah, Pastor did all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This lets me preach longer on other things. I am excited. Uh, another reason I'm excited about Above and Beyond is whenever I take a, a role in something like that, especially within church, it feels good to have meaning and purpose in my life to do something good. To join a team and, hey, we won. Yeah. yeah, we won. Why is it they lost, but we won? I don't know, but it's same team. But nonetheless, uh, it gives me that purpose. It gives me that sense that I'm, I'm a part of something. That's one place uh, I remember preaching here earlier this year. One, remember, you have a place in Jesus Christ. You have a position that he's put you in. 
And when we do things together and we put all these places and positions together, it becomes the body of Christ doing the work of God. And how could you not feel fulfilled and satisfied in, in doing that? Well, we've heard from Scripture what happens both in the natural and spiritual realms when we give to God. We've looked at six different traits of generous givers. And last week, Trenton, Pastor Trenton topped things off with the uh, open-handed message and uh, shared with us. Today, I'm going to cover things from a slightly different take because it's our, last, it's our last message, direct message, not last signal, but our last direct message regarding giving. And uh, so I'm going to conclude today with maybe a slightly different slant on things. I want us to start by looking at a scripture. You're going to say, whoa, pastor, you don't really, you don't want to bring that into above and beyond, do you? And, and, but it's just a launching point. It's just a, 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 thought, a thought start, an introduction. Let's go there. Let's go to Luke 12, verses 15 to 21. And we're going to read from the Message Bible, which is not, no, it's not a real direct translation, but it's a paraphrase which helps us understand the Word of God. Speaking to the people, he, Jesus, went on, Take care. Protect yourself against the least bit of greed. Life is not defined by what you have, even when you have a lot. Then he told them this story. The farm of a certain rich man produced a terrific crop. He talked to himself, What can I do? My barn isn't big enough for this harvest. Then he said, Here's what I'll do. My barn isn't, uh, excuse me, here's what, I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll gather in all my grain and goods, and I'll say to myself, self, you've done well. You've got it made and can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Just then God showed up and said, fool, tonight you die, and your barn full of goods, who gets it? That's what happens when you fill your barn with self and not with God. This parable by Jesus has a very simple message. Being selfish with your money does not lead to a pleasing relationship with God or other people. Imagine, imagine the poor people in this, in this rich man's neighborhood who could have used a, a boost, to use some help, used, used some charity. But between God and people, he wasn't of much use. I think of the Charles Dickens classic story, A Christmas Carol, is built upon the foundation of this lesson. Most of you know the story. Remember Scrooge? Yeah, comes Christmas. We're going to see three or four animated things on TV about the Christmas Carol or maybe even a, a, a live presentation. The plot is centered around a miserly cheap fellow who is miserable as well. Notice the word miserly and miserable. Don't they go together? Uh, named Ebenezer Scrooge. He is stingy to the point of being rude, mean, and cruel, and unhelpful in any way, including charitable giving. His name has become synonymous with people who will do anything not to pay for anything and do anything to get money for themselves. Perhaps you've met a Scrooge or two in your life, or maybe even, like me, you've been a Scrooge now and then in your life. And this, I believe, comes right from this very scripture. The good news is what? Ebenezer, what a name. Ebenezer becomes born again as a person because of his experiences with, uh, in the spirit. And now, uh, and, and he, uh, end of the tale, finds him totally changed man. 
He's generous. He's thoughtful. He's laughing. He's kind. He helps Tiny Tim get medical help. He brings the Christmas goose. He, and he's just a much more happy and blessed man. It really is a story of redemption and the power of God to transform uh, a soul, which we know begins with a relationship with meeting Jesus Christ and putting your faith in him. And that's where your born-again journey begins. It doesn't end there. You're not, you're not who you can be in Christ yet, but you are on that journey once you place your faith in Jesus Christ. The title of my message today is Don't Scrooge Yourself Up. <laughs> Sometimes at my age, you just don't care anymore. You just say what it is. Now, I'm not here to say that if you don't give to above and beyond, you are automatically a bad person or a Scrooge. No, not at all. My emphasis today is on the fact that when you are the, op that when you are the opposite of Scrooge, God gives you blessings in this life. Generous people actually gain in this life. That's right. You don't have to wait for heaven to be blessed to receive the benefits of being generous. Now, I will never preach give to get. I don't believe that because you tithe, God automatically makes you wealthy. But I do believe God's promises where he says he will open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you. It's more than you can contain. Who wants more than they can contain of blessings? Do you want more blessing than you can handle? I do. I don't believe that's necessarily money. I'm up here breathing. I'm upright. I visit the hospital every week, and I see people that I wish no one else had to go through their experience. No one else to go through their experience. I've seen people so inflated with, with uh, retaining water that they take up a whole hospital bed. You almost need another hospital bed. I've seen people lying there staring at the ceiling and they cannot respond to me. I've seen people who've been run over by cars, broken bodies. And I'm telling you now, I just want God. I just want God. I want, I want blessing of God. And I sit there, and when I see those people, I think, I've got type 2 diabetes, a bad knee, you know, a, a foot that's got some kind of plantar injury and all that stuff. And you think, I think, you know, I am pretty blessed. I am not bad off at all. God wants to pour out his blessing into his life, and he doesn't wait to do so until heaven happens. Generous givers have good things happen in their lives in this world. I want you to look at two or three scriptures. We're not preaching through them, but you've already had them from, from Pastor and Pastor Trent. You've already heard them. They're good. I just want to remind you of what the Word of God says. In Proverbs, again from the message, verse 11 through 24, it says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And I in their heart. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. Curses on those who drive a hard bargain. Blessings on all who play fair and square. Pretty powerful. Luke 6:38 from the NIV says, Give and it will be given to you. We can quote this, can't we? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Folks, don't use a cup to measure out. Use a gallon to measure out. Use a barrel to measure out. But it says right here, you will be given a blessing back to you. And in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, again, we've heard this one. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously 
will also reap generously. With that said, I want us to take a, a little break here and look at some objective research that, that talks about high versus low generous, generosity people. There's a lot of websites, there's a lot of information out uh, on the web about this, uh, but the one I'm using is from a company called The Ascent, Ascent, like climbing, which is financial uh, advice service covering everything from hints on where to get the best bargains to where to get the best highest yield accounts available. And here's what they had to say. High generosity people were 23% more likely to be satisfied with their lives overall, but they were also happier with their relationships, their jobs, their possessions, and more. Think about that. 23% just generally satisfied. But in key areas, this is what happened. Let's look at this slide, make sure it's up. Yep, they were satisfied with their work, uh, excuse me, with their life over the past year. The first number is the high generosity, the second number is the low generosity, 74% to 60%. Likely to be very happy every day, 77% to 62%. Very meaningful life, 80% to 60%. Think of that. Closeness of relationships, 66% to 50%. They had 3.2 friends compared to 2.6 friends. They were satisfied with their spousal relationship, 87 to 80. You said, well, that's not much, but look at very satisfied with spousal relationship, 45% to 27%. How many felt justified or satisfied with their work? 70% to 49%. Found real enjoyment on their job, 68% to 42%. Were seldom bored at work, 65% to 45%. Felt healthy every day, 70% versus 54%. More likely to exercise, 65% to 55%. More likely to eat a healthy diet, 62% to 45%. So here's the deal on that one. If you've got too much chocolate, too many cookies, too, many too much cake in your life, give it to me and you will, be, uh, you will eat a healthier diet. There you go. High generosity people experience feelings of hopelessness, Apathy, depression, disinterest, laziness, and anxiety less often than their less generous counterparts in varying amounts of degrees. Think of that. Think of that. People who give, people who are generous or are highly generous, are much more likely to be blessed right in this life. Why is that? And this doesn't matter whether you're Christian or non-Christian, just to tell you the truth. Why is that? Because God is a generous God. And when you give, you're actually responding to what, what he wants in your life anyway. Because he's given to you, you give, you're, you're becoming like God. You're not saved necessarily unless you give your life to Christ. I don't want to mislead you, but God's character working through people, is he's going to be true to himself. If he made a promise, he's going to keep it. So don't Scrooge yourself up. God blesses high generosity people. And low generosity people just scrooge themselves out of many blessings. They go to work like this. Somebody wants to get something out of me. Instead of going to work like, what can I give to work today? What, what can I do? What can I do? How can I help? When I go to church, can I be a smile? Can I be a handshaker? Can I give a hug? Can I listen to someone's issues? Can I be supportive? That's a high generosity person. And God pours back into their life blessings. Notice that none of the blessings I read from the objective, you know, secular research, none of them, zero of them, had to do with money. 
And yet, in the generosity where you give money and you give your time and you help the person with a dead battery or you babysit some kids that you, oh, I wish I'd not done that, but you did it anyway, right? You did it anyway. They are blessed in life and feel better about life itself and they feel like life is worth getting up in the morning for. Isn't that fantastic? They, all of those issues were closely aligned with mental, emotional, physical, and relational and I would say, on our case, spiritual health. Raise your hand if you want to think right. You want to think right? You want to, you know, you want to think right? Do the same if you want to have healthy emotions. You want to have healthy emotions? Yeah, right. Give a holler if you want to be as physically healthy as possible. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, of course. Do you want a very satisfying relational life, or do you want to continue fighting with your husband or wife, with your kids? Which one is it? Let me say it again. Don't scrooge yourself up. Give. Be a giving, caring person. Giving leads to blessing. But I can tell you that followers of Christ are even more blessed when they give than those who do not have a personal relationship with God. Let's see. We're going to look at what generous Christians receive as a blessing in this life. We're not waiting for heaven. God's going to give us blessings just if we're generous What happens? What tangible blessings can happen now? How does and what does God bless you with today? So you're going to give generously. And here's the first thing that happens. Next slide, please. God's blessing. When you advance, you're advancing the kingdom with a clear conscience. Want a clear conscience? Want to not feel guilty? Then participate. Be generous. Don't be counting what's for you. Counting what you can do for someone else. We can all say that we want God's kingdom to grow on earth, but it takes action to make it happen. For missionaries and churches and all the other activities that God calls us to, it takes time, money, energy, and talents. Did I get them all, Trenton, when you preached last week? Something. You had four things up here, right? Time, energy, gifts. Yep, okay, all right. So it takes all that, and it takes money. When we give generously to God's work to the best of our ability, again, equal sacrifice, not equal giving, we stand only before God for the examination of our lives. We advance kingdom work, and we follow God's will at the same time. Listen to what Paul says when he is telling the Ephesian elders that he would probably never see them again. He's on his farewell tour before he gets arrested and goes to Rome, right? And this is what he says in Acts 20, verse 33. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. That's basically the same as Pastor Kevin saying, I worked a secular job and I paid for all the staff members. I paid the bills at the church. I did everything so that you could hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And no one can point at me, Pastor Kevin, Paul, right, and say, you didn't do enough. Because I gave everything I could. Everything I could. His conscience is totally clear. He says this in verse 35. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. And that's what giving to Chi Alpha and giving to our technology is about. It's to give to those who don't have. To those who are hurting for the gospel of Jesus Christ. To make it as possible as we can for there to be a way for them to come to the Lord and to grow in the Lord. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself. And here's your fifth gospel. The words of Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. 
I love receiving. I am very blessed when I'm receiving. If you want to give to me, I'm so glad to receive. But I am far more blessed when I give. Far more blessed because Jesus said so and because that's what's proven out in Jan and I's life. That the more we give, the more he seems to cover our bases. Do we get rich and wealthy? No. Have we had financial setbacks? Yes. At our age, we should, should not be paying for a house anymore. But you remember 2008 and the mortgage fallout? Well, in 2011, while that was still happening, we changed ministries. And we paid a mortgage and rent at another place for about a year. And then when we finally got an offer on the house we had on the market, we got back almost precisely what we had paid for it seven or eight years further, and we had put probably forty dollars or $50,000 in improvements in the house. We got none of it back. We lost all of our equity. And yet here we sit, homeowners again, paying a mortgage with extra money. God has blessed us, and we don't care about that. What we care about is can we glorify God with how we live? He has cared for us. Do I look underfed? Are my kids undergifted at birthday and Christmas time? Don't, better not say amen, girls. Better not say amen. Because that's not the case. You're well blessed. Grandma sees to that. And we give to the church, and we try to give more to the church, and we give in other ways as well. We're excited to do that, to do that. Because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Generous giving to kingdom projects advance, uh, to kingdom projects advances God's mission through you. Think of how that feels. Your conscience is clean. You, did, you didn't walk into church feeling like, I hope nobody knows I didn't give. Because everybody else seems excited. You walk in just as excited as everybody else. When you have prayer life, no, there's no Holy Spirit nagging, did you? Where's your, where's your financial life? Where's your financial life? Instead, you're saying, Lord, I've laid it out. You just keep prompting me and keep giving. You have not held back when called upon. The second blessing is you admit spiritual life into yourself. How many of you have made the dumb mistake of thinking you could cross a dark living room without your shoes on? How many of you have done that? You discovered the coffee table, didn't you? Or maybe the Lego piece, which is worse, stepping on it? Yeah. I was walking down a dark hallway long ago, only to discover, yes, indeed, a hairball from a cat with bare feet. You try getting to where you can clean in the dark. It was awful. Don't tell me how wonderful cats are, ever, ever again. No. Ugh. The thought of it still makes me squeamish. Another reason we are blessed when we give is we are filled with the light of the world, whose name is Jesus. We see money for what it is, a tool to serve God with. We see life in its proper perspective, and that perspective brings health to all your life and allows us to walk in his life. Jan, will you bring me that little uh, bag, please? I, I left something in there I needed. Or if you can find my wallet in there, I, I will need that. Matthew 6, 21, 24 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Thank you. <clears throat> the eye is the lamp of the body. Notice how he connects money and your eyes. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, then, the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? 
No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. What a connection. Do you want light in your soul? Do you want to get rid of confusion? Do you want to get rid of depression? Move towards generosity. Now, it isn't about the money. It isn't about, the, that isn't the point. The point is, God is generous, and when you become generous, you move into the same spiritual realm that God wants you to be in. That, that's the deal. Here you go, dear, please. So, basically what I'm saying is this. If I can find my way through my receipts and everything, here we go. There are people who go through life If you grab that wallet, you've got to pay the bills that go with it, by the way. <clears throat> Who go through life like this. And they see life just like this. They do. Everything's about money. Everything's about money. I've sat through uh, church board meetings where I want to just take a board member or two and strangle them. Because all they want to do is make sure that there's money instead of make sure that people are saved. Everything's about money. How much money can I get? Hey, I worked that hard bargain. I even lied about my used car when I traded it in because I got more for it. I even told the tax man, you know, I really, that really is something I can declare. Because I get more money. Uh, kids, I'd like to take you to Disneyland, but you know, the savings account needs a little bit more in it. Everything's about money. Do you know what this does? This blinds your soul. It blinds your soul to what's important. Your body is filled with darkness, meaning your spiritual body, your spiritual life is filled with darkness because you have set an idol up between you and the light of the world, Jesus Christ. Oh, there's people out there. Oh, people matter. More than my money. Yeah. Am I saying don't, don't be a good steward? Absolutely not. You, you pay your tithes. You pay your bills. Don't, don't cheat on people. Give what you can give. And if, and if you have need, you tell God, and God will help supply that need. But, but don't, don't work the system just for dollars. Amen. Give. Get light in your soul. And you get it today. You get it now. You get all that difference for you now. Now then. The next blessing is you allow other people opportunities to be saved. You allow. This is a blessing. Nothing makes my heart go, whoo, like seeing somebody get saved. Changes their, change, their life's changed. I remember when I got saved when I was 18. What a life... There's no greater blessing than knowing someone is headed to heaven. There's been one more person in heaven. A very wealthy man had what he thought was a brilliant idea. Before he died, he converted all of his wealth to gold, and he left instructions to his attorney. When my casket is open, you bring all this gold in a briefcase, and you put it in my casket with me because I'm taking it with me. They closed him up, put him in the ground. He came to, and he was standing before the pearly gates, and he had his briefcase. It was full of gold. He was just thrilled, and he was in line, and it came time for him to get up there, and he, would, he, he, got, he, he, he got up there, and the angel said, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, number one, who are you? 
But number two, uh, what's that in your hand? You really can't take anything to heaven. And he didn't say anything. He just reared back his shoulders and laid his briefcase on, on the counter there, clicked it open, let it shine. Let it shine. The angels took a look, looked at him again, said, sir, I think you're mistaken. God doesn't need any more pavement up here. <laughs> asphalt. Our gold is asphalt. But your soul is a treasure. And other people's souls are a treasure as well. And when you give, you get the blessing of knowing some freshman down at Oregon State or at U of O, Eastern Oregon, Western Oregon, Portland, wherever. When you give towards a million souls being saved with a million dollars, or at least an opportunity for them to be saved, you have valued what God values far more than what's in your wallet or your purse. This is a blessing. Luke 16, 9 says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Now, I always had trouble with this verse until I read some commentary preparing for this message. I just, How do you buy friends so that I'll be welcomed? Does that mean God welcomes me because I bought friends? What does that mean? Well, what the scripture is referring to is letting our light shine through generosity to others so that people will be attracted to Jesus. And once they get saved, when you get into heaven, they're going to hunt for you. They're going to hug you and say, because you helped pay my electric bill, I realized Jesus was real. Because you put up that ministry center down there at Oregon State or down at U of O or something. Because you put, I walked in there and it was your money that got me here. And you see, when we get to heaven, we're going to see all that. We're going to realize all that. All those connections and relationships are going to be made. And, and people are going to want you in heaven because of what you've done. And, and so that kind of generosity is a blessing for you now. We will carry no earthly treasure into heaven. But we will receive rewards beyond measure for the people for whom our giving made salvation possible. I remember, I think I told you this, but, but a while back in, at the hospital, I was talking with a guy. And, and I asked him, he said he was a Christian. I said, well, when did you get saved? And he says, oh, 1992 at People's Church. It was at the Easter production. Somehow they, I saw all, they were crucifying Jesus up on the stage and they were doing this and doing that. And I just suddenly, I didn't even plan on it. I didn't even know I needed Jesus. I said, I need Jesus in my life. I got to be saved. I looked at him, I said, really? 1992. I said, I wrote that Easter play. That was 30 years ago. I walked out of that hospital room on a cloud. Because he has served Jesus for 30 years, and I was blessed to know that someone came to Jesus Christ because of a meager effort on my, on my part. No, Hollywood didn't call me up and say, you know, <laughs> can, can, you, can you do the next, you know, uh, Messiah-type uh, movie or anything like that? Nobody would ever remember anything except him. I made an effort. He got saved. No glory to me. It was the Spirit that spoke to his heart. And he, he was saved. I am so blessed because people are saved. And if I can just help a little bit, if taking a few of those dollars and giving them will make that happen, it will help populate heaven. The blessings we get down here are just down payments on what's coming. Number four, align your inner self with the Spirit of God. After church one Sunday, as a family was driving home, the father and mother were highly critical of what they had just observed. Dad said, that worship music was just too loud. 
Mom said, someone in the congregation was off key. I think it was that guy named Larry. <laughs> Dad responded, and what was that with giving a baptism right at the end when I felt like I'd been there long enough? Mom responded, there's that, and I thought the pastor would never finish that sermon. It was silent for a bit, and then their child spoke up. Mommy, Daddy, I didn't think it was all that bad for the dollar you put in. <laughs> the average Christian gives 2.5% of their income to God. The principle is 10%. I don't berate anybody for not having enough, but faith the faith pastor spoke about. Step out on it, move in it, see what God will do. Romans 8, 5 says in the Living Bible, those who let themselves be controlled by their lower natures live only to please themselves. But those who follow after the Holy Spirit find themselves doing those things that please God. And verse 6, following after the Holy Spirit leads to life and peace. And Jesus promised you life and life abundantly, and he didn't say wait for heaven. He meant today. How much is peace in your heart worth? What is it? What is it? What is it worth for that? Generous giving is what God does, what Jesus showed us about living, and what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. Doing so aligns our lives with the Spirit and brings us life and peace. Generous givers simply live more fulfilling and satisfying lives because God's purpose is their purpose. I would like you to join God's mindset by aligning your giving with his character. Now I conclude, or as I continue to conclude, with this thought. Many of us are aware of the narrative in Matthew, Mark, and Luke of the woman who had hemorrhaged for 12 years and desperately pushed through the crowd to touch the edge of Jesus' clothing to find healing. Most of you know that story, right? As she did, she was healed, but Jesus also stopped and asked who it was that touched him. And the disciples responded in this manner, hey, you're in a crowd, Jesus. How could we possibly know? We're being pushed around, jostled around. People are all reaching out for you and touching you. We're trying to keep them away. Isn't that great? The disciples trying to keep people away from Jesus. And, and we're, what's going on? But Jesus wasn't referring to the physical touch that he felt. Why do we know that? Because he said, I could tell that power went out from me. I could tell that life had gone out from me to someone else. What he was saying is that someone had connected with his essence as the savior of the world and therefore had received a blessing of being in touch with God. Someone had touched his person, not just his body. When the woman told her story, Jesus responded to her by saying, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Larry's version, because you believed and connected, live a peaceful life. Be past that despair. Have a satisfied life. Allow me to put it this way. When a person seeking to commune with God regarding their giving actually gets in touch with Jesus, Blessing will go out from the Lord, and that will person will receive transforming power into their lives. I don't care if you touch Jesus' body. I do care that you touch Jesus' person. And when you touch Jesus' person, you start thinking about your money differently. 
and you start thinking about the cause of your life differently, you start realizing he's got the capacity to pour blessing out to me and I'm not going to give to get that blessing. I just want to be in touch with that person. I want to live like him, act like him, be like him. I'm going to heaven to be with him, not just my grandchildren, not my grandmother. I'm going to heaven to be with Jesus and I want to be in touch with that person. I want to live like Jesus is in touch with me. Giving to above and beyond is not about making a financial goal of $35,000. It's not about doing our best to touch Jesus with what we Excuse me. It is about doing our best to touch Jesus with what we have. If we do, blessing follows because he said so. We do not earn blessings, but we receive them when we do as he would do. Because when we get in touch with his grace, then that grace should be flowing through us. Jim Elliott, a martyred missionary, once said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Generous givers live a satisfying, joy-filled life because they live by those words. But he also said, when the time comes to die, make sure that all you have to do is die. In other words, grow as much in Jesus Christ as you can. Give what you can give. Be a good steward, but do it all for the glory of God so that there's no I'm, I'm telling you, I keep going back to that hospital. I've been in there and I've had a person or two say, how do I be saved? How do I be saved? I have regrets. Leave this life with no regrets. Being a generous person will eliminate many regrets right away. Generous givers live blessed knowing they have advanced the kingdom with a clean conscience. They've admitted light into their souls. They've allowed opportunities for others to find eternity in Christ and align their lives with the work of the Spirit. I want to leave you with this. Just like that woman pushed through the crowd, please seek Jesus about giving. Don't do it because you like Pastor Kevin or you like RLC. Don't do it because you, well, maybe I'll feel bad if I don't. Don't don't do that. Find Jesus. Put your money in Jesus' hands and say, I want, to, I want you to help me with this, Jesus. I want to know what to do. I need your leadership, Lord. I need, I need to find you, Jesus, in my, in, with my money. And then do what he asks you to do. Do what he asks you to do. Don't scrooge yourself out of the relationship with Jesus that he wants to enjoy with you. Will you bow your heads with me, please? I'd like to ask the prayer team to come forward. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you today, and this is supposedly a closing message about giving, but I know you, Holy Spirit, won't give up on us as you keep prompting us and working in our lives as we try to get in touch with Jesus. Thank you for the blessings you pour out. I am so blessed, Lord. We are so blessed. So many of us are so blessed. And some of us, Lord, just need to count higher because there's just so much in the ledger that you've given to us, which is everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for what you've done in my heart and my life. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Is there anything more I can do, Lord? I want the Lord. When it comes time for me to pass into heaven, I want to be able to say, there's nothing more I could do. I want to be with you, Jesus. I want to be with you, Jesus. And I want to be with you even today, right now. I want what you've done for me to be real and powerful in my life. And I want my faith to be activated 
I don't want to live in fear of not having enough. I want to live in praise that you're more than enough yourself. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Please bless this people. Please bless them greatly. Fill them with the power of God. And may their generosity be proof of your promised cap. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here. If you have a prayer uh, need, these folks will be glad to pray with you. And I mean that seriously. They'll put you in touch with Jesus as you come forward and just allow them to pray with you. It's confidential. They won't share anything that you share with them, and they'll be glad to help you out. Will you all go with God and be blessed? And don't forget, you empty nesters and young adults, we have a fantastic luncheon that's going to happen. Well over 70 people have signed up. And we're so happy about that because we're going to connect with one another in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Will you be blessed, please? Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.